sawdust, yard work, and roller coasters. Through the big bay window in her kitchen, Maureen Spilchek watched her husband rake the thick autumn leaves, sipping her coffee and enjoying the moment she didn't think she'd get to see again. Out in the chill October morning, Hamish Spilchek wore the same denim coveralls he'd worn for nearly 20 years, the same brown wool cap dirty with pieces of autumn long past. He moved a little slower than in past years, and he muttered to himself, or perhaps the leaves, she thought, as he worked. After three decades in the same house, Maureen knew the signs of her husband nearing the end of his wind. Each year, the wind got a little shorter, and after the summer's heart scare, she stayed mindful of his time outside exerting himself. Hamish lifted his head and considered his progress on the yard. The pile stood a good three feet height at its peak. Hamish nodded appreciatively at his own work. This was Maureen's cue that Hamish was near the end of his wind and commenced the second part of the fall morning routine. She set her husband's I Heart Pugs mug by the coffee pot. They did not have a pug, but it was a gift from their granddaughter down south, so it was his favorite coffee cup. Hamish liked a hot cup of coffee after a cold morning wrangling dead leaves onto plastic. She set out the glass sugar shaker and three small plastic creamers from a box in the pantry. Hamish's arthritis made it hard to open the little tabs to pour out the creamer, so Maureen slipped a nail between the mylar and plastic to start the process. She wouldn't do for him, but she would help. Hamish didn't like doofers and would pour his own coffee, thank you very much, Mama. When she returned to the window and took up her mug from the breakfast table, Hamish had his back to Maureen, and she thought it odd that he would just stand there in the middle of the yard staring down at the pile he'd created. She'd expected to greet him at the back door to say, Your coffee is ready, Ham. He'd grumble something about the cold, make a comment about the neighbors, and maybe pass gas in a staggered quack across the kitchen to his coffee. But he was still in the yard, staring down. A fat gray squirrel darted across the green lawn veered around the plastic sheet and continued on to the wooden fence. Hamish tracked it until it disappeared underneath. His expression never changed. He did not smile. He didn't exactly frown, either. Still in her flannel pajamas, Maureen didn't want to rush outside if she didn't need to, but she looked to make sure her heavy coat was hanging on the far right hook by the back door. By now, Hamish Spilchek should have been inside, slapping his work gloves together in time with the Penn State fight song, shaking the cold out of his bones and telling Maureen that days like these sure don't help him buy into that whole global warming nonsense. Instead, Maureen watched him consider the pile of leaves, then the fence, the roof, and even the clouds in the sky without a hint of any recognition. Hamish seemed confused, even a little nervous. Maureen stepped away from the window toward her coat, fear of another scare front and center of her mind. By the time she reached the coat hook, the screaming had begun, and Maureen felt that same tingle of panic she'd felt when she saw Haim face down on his workshop floor. He'd hit the workbench, kicking up a cloud of sawdust, and when she found him, he was covered in a fine layer. He left a trail of it from the woodshop to the ambulance and into the emergency room. Friends and family said they could track Haim by the trail of wood shavings.
The screaming continued as Maureen tried to thread her arms into the coat and peek between the blinds to try and find Hamish in the yard. Without thinking, she'd picked up the jitterbug cell phone from its charger by the microwave, and it dropped from her fingers as her right arm emerged from the coat sleeve. The phone hit at that perfect spot to pop the battery case open and scattered into three pieces in front of the back door. Maureen uttered a word she had not spoken since one Tuesday in 1992 when Bill Clinton was projected to beat George Bush for President of the United States. She felt lightheaded and confused as she put her hand on the doorknob. She pulled on the door, sweeping the cell phone pieces along the jam toward the kitchen wall. Finally, she could see Hamish in the yard, engulfed in a spinning cloud of leaves. On the far side of the yard, Mitch Jenner and his wife were staring over the wood planks, watching with a mix of amusement and concern. Maureen rushed out of the house and into the cold, barely noticing the fact that she only had her coat on one arm. The October chill felt like the jumping into a cold lake, but she kept shuffling forward, unaware of the things she was saying to Hamish as she went, things she said to him as he lay in his workshop, blood pouring from his broken nose, gasping for air and coughing bits of wood and blood. Mitch and Midge turned to Maureen, surprised to see her rushing across the lawn toward the rising storm of foliage. She stumbled over her dressing gown and the half of her coat dragging across the grass, but reached the edge of the plastic sheet. Bits of gold and red, yellow and orange obscured her view of the central pile. Sharp, dry dust stung her eyes as she moved through toward Hamish, who was writhing on the ground in the middle of the pile. He was still shrieking, shaking his arms and legs in an undignified, wild seizure. His screams broke into coughs, but resumed with each new breath. Maureen tripped over her coat and fell into a pile, catching her left wrist on the hard ground. It didn't hurt immediately, but Maureen knew it would soon enough. She kept crawling forward toward her husband, toward her precious Hame. She thought of the roller coaster at Ocean City, Maryland in 1973, and how it was the last time she'd ever heard Hamish shriek like that. She fell again right at his side and he seemed surprised. He stopped shrieking. Maureen's breathing was intense and her heart pounded so hard she heard it inside her ears. But Haim was there, close enough to touch, close enough to hold. She screamed to Mitch and Midge to call 911, to call them now. What do you want to do that for, Mama? The smile on Haim's face was the most confusing sight, his words the most confusing observation. The roller coaster. They shared a moment that only married couples know when all the words come in an exchange of looks. It was the first time since Haim woke up in ICU that they actually looked at one another, but they each knew well what the other was thinking. The lightness in Haim's eyes consoled her. His smile, which she had not seen since the morning before his scare, made everything all right. His laugh stripped the pain from Maureen's heart. Pain in her wrist forced Maureen onto her back beside her husband, and she began to catch her breath. Looking up into a tunnel of golden autumn under a crisp October sky, she listened to Hamish laugh. She felt him take her injured hand and did not mind the sharp sting as he squeezed. Laughter rang off the side of the house and the tall fences. The entire yard laughed. Maureen laughed. A strange thought crossed her mind as the leaves fell and began covering them both. She wondered if that would be the peace and joy they'd find when resting together under the ground. 
She gave Haim's hand a gentle squeeze and he offered a great cathartic sigh. Close your coat, Mama. You'll catch your death. 